Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Black Friday, November the 25th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are going to talk about what is holding you back. And I'm going to tackle this from a couple different angles. It is that time of the year where a lot of people tend to punt their health and fitness or another way you want to phrase it they they mail it in this is a run out the clock situation and they're looking to not do as much between now and the new year which i think is a terrible uh, way to approach your goals your health and fitness and, and all the things that you have going on with your life uh, wiping away essentially one twelfth of the year is not going to get you where you want to go. So we're going to talk about that in depth, in detail, just because I know a lot of people from kind of Thanksgiving till the New Year's, they're drinking more, they're eating more, they are moving less, they're kind of running around doing the holiday stuff where it could be a different time of year, yet people kind of buy into all the, the holiday stuff and they find themselves deeper in the hole than they want to be in terms of how they look, they move, and feel financially. And uh, there's a lot of things that go into that. So that's what we are going to wrap about uh, today. But before I jump into all that stuff, I hope you guys had an awesome Thanksgiving with your friends and family. And you already know, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app is live. If you guys want to check it out, we're giving away a week for free. So jeremyscottfitness.app, you can try it for a week, see if you like it. If you think it sucks, you can go somewhere else. I'm happy to refer you and send you to some of my friends if you want to try their stuff because you don't like what we do. I'm totally cool with that. But if you like it, you can stay on, and I believe it would cost you about 23 cents a day for all the stuff that we give you. I share all my weekly workouts, everything that I personally do, a lot of the stuff that we do here in-house. There is a ton of full programs in there, just dumbbell-only stuff, stuff you can do at home, body weight. We have advanced programs in there, intermediate stuff. Everything's broken down into categories, upper body, lower body, all the mobility flows, all my nutrition, educational information, and we do a ton of just mindset stuff in there. And basically anything people in the app request that's not you know, uh, gross, inappropriate, or ridiculous, we will film it and put it in there to help you guys. So bang for your buck, and I say this with the utmost confidence, you're not going to find something else that even comes close um, to touch it because it literally is an app created for you guys. So if you ask for something, we put it in there, and I try to deliver to the best of my ability the technology. You can't fuck with it. There's, You just can't beat it. So you want to check it out, jeremyscottfitness.app. Try a week for free. Link is in the show notes, and uh, if you want to stand with us, it's a couple pennies a day to get you guys fit, no matter where you're at. So if you like us and what we do, it's the easiest, most economical way to work with us. Also, this episode is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens, the one thing I take every single day and I never miss. Athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott gets you guys a year's supply of vitamin D and a five free travel packs with your first order. I'm a huge fan of eating real food. You have to do that, but people will ask, well, why do you take this? Because it has 75 whole food ingredients inside, plus probiotics, plus digestive enzymes, and it's the antioxidant equivalent to 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies. I'm not going to eat that many fruits and veggies every single day, especially like Thanksgiving, which was yesterday. I wasn't going to do that before I go you know, eat all the Thanksgiving food because it's once a year, but I still took my athletic greens just because I want to make sure I'm getting in all the micronutrients, especially when it's cold and flu season. So I would urge you guys, if you're not taking it, this would be the one thing I would add into your life. If you took no other supplements and you just took this, you'd be better off than 99% of the people out there. If you want to try a free sample, 100% for free, don't feel weird, don't feel strange, message us however you can, and we will send you some sample packs to try, see if you like it, it is the best tasting greens there is, and then get hooked up with all the free stuff from there. But I'm happy to give you a sample to try, nobody else is doing this, no other fitness pros, no other podcasts, no one, but we are doing it because we give a shit about you guys, and I'm happy to eat the cost to get it in your hands. So message me for the free samples, otherwise check out the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, the link is in the show notes. And the same deal goes for all of the Beam products that we use. Uh, Beam is the CBD company we work with, beamtlc.com. 
the nightly CBD sleep aid we take, the product is called Dream. There's no THC in it. It's not habit forming. You won't get high. It's not going to make you feel groggy when you wake up. It just helps you get to sleep and stay asleep. If you want to try it 100% for free, hit us up. We'll send you some sample packs to try. I think we have a week's worth we can send you. So anybody else doing that? No, but we will do it. I'll send you it. You can try it for a week. See if it helps you sleep. If you like it, go to the site, beamtilc.com, put in the code Jeremy Scott. 20% off all products, 35% off all subscriptions. It's a monster savings. Uh, Heather takes it every night. I probably take it five nights a week to go to sleep. There's a t- ton of flavors now. Uh, I don't know what her favorite is. Maybe there's like a peppermint one or a salted caramel or there's like a pumpkin one I think she was taking. Uh, we'll send you the chocolate cinnamon, which is my personal favorite, and you guys can try that for a week. So the link is in the show notes for that. Otherwise, hit us up for a free sample, and we're happy to send those to you guys. All the other podcast sponsors are in the show notes, our friends at Sleep Sold Separately, our friends at JLab Pro, where we get our protein, turmeric, collagen, and krill oils. We are having a huge, uh, I guess, discount or sale uh, with those guys on Monday. It'll be on the email newsletter, so be on the lookout on the 28th for that. And then our friends at Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, which if it's cold and flu season, I take bone broth religiously. Uh, That link is in the show notes. We can get you guys 20% of discount on that as well. So again, if you guys are not on the email newsletter, uh, hit me up. I'm happy to add you. We send out at least three emails every week, some weeks more than that. Um, Typically, educational information and discounts for you guys to help you be healthier, happier, and just share what we have going on here in-house. It's always a mouthful. So uh, Thanksgiving was yesterday. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it with your friends and family. We uh, went over to some friend's house. Uh, my mom actually goes over there too. And so it's a nice little family-friendly event. Uh, watch the Vikings beat the Patriots, which is always awesome. And uh, had a good time. Uh, ate the normal Thanksgiving food. Not too much. Uh, actually stopped eating super early, probably about like 5 p.m. So I have not eaten anything since 5. And uh, I'm getting hungry. So we'll see how today goes. But I feel good. I uh, didn't overeat. I had zero uh, sweets, zero pumpkin pie. We do have one at our house, but uh, I didn't have it yesterday. I was too full. And uh, I'm to the point with Thanksgiving where I like the normal Thanksgiving food. And our uh, my boy Jeff and, and Patrick uh, cooked a lot of stuff up. It was amazing. Uh, they went above and beyond, which Heather and I are very thankful, and everybody else was too. And uh, I ate a ton, and I was super full because I don't eat potatoes and I don't eat stuffing, like obviously in my normal life. So the the stomach volume filled up real quick, and uh, that was enough. I, I'm not I don't want to be sick anymore, so I'm not willing to eat so much where I, I feel like I want to shit puke on myself. And I definitely don't want to eat so much on the Thursday. I give Friday away, and I also don't want to have so many drinks, like if it's alcohol or even if it's just sweets and food where I feel like a bag of shit today. So I got up today early, felt great. Uh, I feel good now. Once I get off this, I'm going to go outside because it's beautiful here in uh, Arizona, but it sucks. Don't move here. Uh, But it's an amazing day, so I'm going to go out there, push a sled, uh, do some pull-ups and just some some accessory work here Uh, since I did the 1,000-rep workout yesterday with my boy D-Lo, which was awful all of you guys who did it on instagram love to see it thank you guys for sharing the videos and posting it and also thank you guys for all the positive messages and comments uh, on thanksgiving day a lot of you reached out uh, via instagram email those of you who are, are close to us via text um, it means a lot uh, i appreciate it heather appreciates it we appreciate you guys in the community i said this on a short uh, instagram story yesterday and in our, our facebook group as well uh, thank you guys and i mean that all of you who listen who tune in, who comment, who like, who share, who read our stuff, who obviously buy our programs, who are in the app and all the things that we put out. It means a lot. It really does. I'm not just jazzing you guys up. Uh, And I say that because without you guys, there is no Jeremy Scott Fitness. There's no need for me to get on here uh, and record these episodes or make all these videos and share the things we share. So uh, thank you. It's my my way of hopefully giving back to you uh, each and every day we tune in here and chat with you. So with that, we were talking about what's holding you back. Now, I'm going to answer this real quick uh, just because someone asked this on Instagram about injuries and have I ever had any injuries that have held me back? 
uh, in terms of training and how I would deal with them and, and how I move forward? The answer is yes. I am a 39-year-old man who played uh, college sports and has been training seriously for pretty much my whole life. So have I had injuries? Yeah. Knock on wood. Nothing super catastrophic. I've never broken anything. Nothing's ever come. Uh, did, well, I shouldn't say that. I've broken every finger uh, for sure. Uh, toes as well, a couple, but I've broken every single finger I've had um, at least once. And some of them, obviously, multiple times, um, which is not a big deal. But nothing's ever come detached that I've had to have you know, any major uh, surgeries on. Again, fingers crossed here. I can keep that streak alive. But I've had the normal stuff. Uh, shoulder issues, um, whether it be, you know, you pop a rib out or you have like a little uh, like impingement or uh, severe uh, high uh, sprained ankles, which are actually pretty gnarly. Um, I've had a grade two pulled hamstring and just some basic things like that where uh, it derails your training. And when I have those things, I do my best to work around them for sure. So obviously if you have a pulled hamstring, and you, you guys know if you, you have a legit one, you can't even like bend down and touch your toes. Walking is actually uh, pretty painful. So you could do as much upper body stuff as you want. You can work around and do upper body aerobics and these type of things. Uh, if certain kinds of pool work, if you can get in, depending on how bad it is. But if it's something simple like uh, tennis elbow, which I've had before too, which is super annoying and a, and a real big pain in the ass. I work around it as best I can, but I exhaust every option to fix it. And what I mean is, I remember one time I popped a rib out on the backside, and it felt like my collarbone was broken. Because underneath my shoulder blade, like kind of like your subscapularis area there, um, the nerves are just pissed. And I, I had a hard time, you know, turning my uh, steering wheel on my car. And even doing push-ups was like excruciating. And I had to go in. Um, go through a bunch of uh, you know, basically like PT work, uh, had a lot of manual adjustments, ART, a lot of grass in our gua sha, or scraping, uh, if you will. Um, obviously pop that bad boy back in and then work through, you know, all the uh, the buildup that was there and, and get me back on track. If it's, you know, like a, a pulled hamstring, that one's tough, man. You know, just light rest, obviously, and just light you know, massage and uh, mobility and stretching will get you back on track. But some of those things are just going to take the time they take. Like once you get tennis elbow, it's probably going to take you four weeks or so to, to get rid of it, depending on how severe it is. And I'm talking just a lot of the manual, you know, manipulation uh, of the forearms, like even just using your finger, uh, if it's like a Tim Tam or Theragun, uh, whatever you guys want to call it, the massage guns, uh, you know, stripping it down, uh, stretching it, you know, going through the basic, you know, wrist mobility stuff, flexion extension, maybe it's doing the peanut rolling on the triceps. The point I'm driving at is when you have something that's holding you back, you have to give it your attention. And it has to be the most important thing that you focus on to get back on track. And a lot of people get lazy uh, with uh, rehab, they get lazy with the prehab, which we'll talk about in a second. And it, it holds them back. And now that little thing, uh, becomes a big thing over time. And now you're having to alter your lifestyle and your training. And so if you, obviously, if you can stay ahead of these things, it's ideal. So always be doing mobility. It's why I preach it in the app every day. It's why I build it into every single workout. Always be doing your soft tissue work, your foam rolling, getting massage, going for regular massages if you can afford it in your budget, kind of like maintenance on your carts, changing the oil every three to 5,000 miles, depending on what kind of vehicle you have, rotating the tires, getting them rebalanced. Same thing for the body. It has to be on this maintenance schedule, and there's certain things you can do every single day, and then there's things you can do outside of that that can help you or spend a little time when you, you do have the free time. But if you notice something is coming on and once it's there, then you have a real problem. you got to spend more time on it and be real diligent about it. So I guess to answer it is just you have to be focused, and I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by some of the smartest people in terms of body work. So... I'll go to movement restoration. I'll work with the doctors we have here. Um, I'll reach out to my friends in fitness and say, hey, have you ever experienced this? And how would you get rid of it? And what's the best things you've done? And then you start to understand how your muscles and ligaments work and like, you know, cross, you know, tissue stretching and, and cross fiber rolling and things like that that can help speed up the process. So to answer the question, yes, I've had things that hold me back. But when that happens, it, it gets my almost 100% attention. Uh, and Heather could, could vouch for me here when I don't feel good or something's wrong with my body. I don't give a shit about anything else. I don't care. 
you could tell me my car's on fire. I'm like, fine, let that shit burn, dude. I got to get rid of this, you know, hamstring issue. I got to get rid of this ankle issue. I got to fix this here so I can feel good. Because when the body doesn't feel good, everything else goes downhill for me. It, it really does. And, and it's, it's the same way for everybody. When you don't feel good, when you have an injury, when you're sick, when you're not feeling your best, everything else in your life suffers. So I try to give it the attention it needs. And I do all the protocols humanly possible. And sometimes you just got to understand, you just got to go through the process. And it's just going to take time to heal because you have had something set you back. But it doesn't mean you can't do anything. You can still do things and work around it the best you can and focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. But you do have to really give it the attention and reach out to a professional and somebody who's beyond you, whether it's a physical therapist or a massage therapist, or even like, I don't want to say like a chiropractor, but like a chiropractor or somebody who maybe is trained in uh, cupping and uh, Graston and Gua Sha and these other protocols, um, heat, cold, all the different things to get you back on track. So hopefully that kind of helps. Uh, answer the question. It's not really the point of the podcast today, but I just want to throw it out there because I know a lot of people suffer with these little nagging injuries. And you have to ask yourself, you know, before it started happening or before this flare up, you know, came to life, were you doing mobility most days? Were you doing uh, soft tissue work and, and foam rolling most days? Were you getting quality sleep? Are you staying hydrated? Are you doing movement prep? Are you eating right? And if the answer is no, it's it's more likely why those things are coming about. Now, there's always freak things that are going to happen, like you play basketball and you twist your ankle. But if it's not that, you really have, and, and again, I harp on it every single day, and I'll talk about that in this podcast, because those little nagging injuries end up holding you back, and it creates another barrier for people to not exercise and not do the things they're supposed to do or the things that they need to do to reach their goals. Now, real quick, before I jump into all this, there was an awesome uh, Seth Godin quote uh, that came to my email probably a month or two ago. And uh, I wanted to share it here because I thought it was important. And the quote is, satisfaction is often driven by the story we tell ourselves. How does this rank compared to what I expected? Compared to what I used to have, compared to the person sitting next to me. The richest person in the world used to sleep on a floor and eat moldy food but still felt great because it was more than the person in the next cave. The good news is, is that our perception of comparison is up to us. And the point of sharing that is, is you just have to look at the world around you sometimes and not compare um, because we all do it. We all keep stats. We've talked about that in this podcast before, but just see, if you could look around and see everything that is around you and around the world that's going on, the perception that you have is your reality. And I share this just because, you know, it's this time of year where uh, hopefully we focus on being thankful and giving back and, and having perspective and gratitude. But a lot of times it's you get caught up focusing on the wrong shit. Uh, materialistic things and I know the world's been kind of strange and the economy and inflation and all the stuff that goes on uh, it's making it more difficult for people to obviously if you're into financing like to finance a home and, and finance a car and how the prices have increased but the wages have not kept up and it's easy to get into that comparison game of like well my friends have this awesome house or my, my buddy got this awesome car or whatever it is and uh, you just can't get caught up in that shit you really can't, dude. Um, the example I'm going to give here is it's, it's a reality of one. Like we were at a friend's house yesterday, and we've known these guys for years, and they just moved into a, a newer house probably, I don't know, like a year ago or so, and it, it's super nice, and I'm super happy for them, and they've been redoing it, and it's awesome, and they, they love the place, and they got a great backyard, and it's, you know, it's, it's what they really wanted. And I've done Thanksgiving at their house here, and I did it at their old house which was not as big, um, not as fancy, not as nice, didn't have as nice of a backyard. And if you ask me which, which one do I prefer to hang out with them at, it doesn't matter. My experience doesn't change with either one. Um, the memories I've created with them and the, the talks we've had, and, and nothing, nothing is different for me. I'm happy for them, but 
I don't think it was 10x better because it was in this house versus the old house. It's the example I always give, you know, with, you know, material things. That's not what we remember people for. That's not what we remember our friends and family for. That's not what we focus on. I couldn't tell you, you know, what kind of clothes my grandma and grandpa used to wear because I didn't give a shit. I don't think my grandma had a Fendi purse or a Gucci. I don't think my grandpa had a Gucci bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fucking ridiculous, the, the shit that we sometimes get wrapped up in and, and focus on. And I'm not telling you not to go buy nice stuff, but the good news is that your perception of comparison is up to you. And so if you're doing it and you're feeling a certain kind of way and you're comparing to things that are always better and bigger and newer and fancier, you're always going to be let down. You're always going to be sad. You're always going to lose. But if you really step back and look at your life and see all the things that you do have, whether it's whether it is material things or if it is awesome relationships, whether it is your health, whether it is amazing weather or you live in a country where you're free and you can do awesome shit, that's what I would focus on. Not so much focusing on all the things that you don't have and all the things that you do want. So I just had to throw that out there just because it's stuff that I do uh, think about. Nothing to do with the episode, but I just I know a lot of people are out there on social media and it's giving them anxiety and it's making them feel a certain kind of way because they're comparing and trying to do the, the keep up with the Joneses stuff. And I know you guys have heard me talk about this, you know, 5,000 times and I'll probably talk about it 5,000 more just because it's it's something that people get wrapped up in. And, you know, if I give you any advice at all, you know, just collect moments and memories and experiences and and not so much focus on the things. And if you can do that and you can be happy with that, the things are going to come your way anyway. And what you realize is when you get them is that it wasn't about the stuff at the end of the day. It was about the people and the relationships you had in your life. And that's what you should have been, you know, embracing and, and comparing if, if you were going to compare anything. So with that said, we're talking about do you have a goal that you want to pursue? Now, Pat Rigsby sent out this awesome gem, and that's what I'm going to play off of here because it's just – it's a lot of great takeaways, and if you guys are finding yourself spinning your wheels and not moving forward with your goals and the things you want to achieve, this is what I would focus on moving forward, and it might be stuff you already know, but it's just the little the little daily disciplines. I can't say that enough. It's not about motivation. It's not about being inspired. It's about just being disciplined to a level that is probably going to be uncomfortable uh, at times. And I was having this conversation with Heather the other day and just about our schedule in life. And it's been super busy. And this last week I had people out sick and there's a lot of things I got uh, in my business going on right now that are, you know, all, all positive, all good. Just, uh, just a lot and uh, some transitional stuff. And, she, you know, will make the comment, I don't know, you know, how you're doing this right now and X, Y, Z. And here's the thing. What we do is not hard here. Like it takes, it requires a lot of hours and a lot of effort, but I'm not, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not roofing, you know, in Arizona when it's 117 degrees, I'm not doing landscaping, you know, when it's 110 out. Um, I'm not shoveling snow when it's negative 14. I'm not fighting a, a war in Afghanistan. I'm just, I'm a dude who does fitness. Um, so it's not, I'm I'm not putting myself on a pedestal when I say this, it's relatively easy what we do, but you are going to have to work a lot of hours. You are going to have to be, you know, mindful of a lot of things. And there's a lot of moving parts here and being an owner and operator and a creator and all the, the things that go on with it. And she's like, I don't know how you're doing this. And I'm like, well, I'm just willing to be uncomfortable, you know, more than most people are for long periods of time. That's what I've come to realize. Now, that there's levels to that, too. Like, there's certain things I don't want to go do. Like, I don't want to, you know, be a guy who replaces roofs in August in Scottsdale. So I choose to do this. But you do have to be uncomfortable for long periods of time if you want to reach your goals. Not every second of the day. Not all day long, you know. But there's going to be some discipline you're going to have to instill and that's you doing things on the days that you don't want to do them that's an amateur versus a professional and for some of you if you want to reach these goals you're going to have to treat it like a profession in certain instances like where amateurs do stuff like when it's convenient 
when it feels good. It's kind of what kids do. Like kids do things that, you know, feel good in the moment and when it's convenient. But when it's tough, when it's hard, and they don't want to do it, that's what adults do and that's what professionals do. Professionals play sports in the days they don't want to play sports. That's what a pro does. They treat it like that and they reach their goal. It's a daily discipline to move forward. An amateur doesn't do that. A kid doesn't do that. And this is where you have to kind of put your big boy pants on or big girl pants on and get your shit together. So if I play off the, the, the Rigsby, you know, do you have a goal that you want to pursue? And are you finding it difficult to take the first step towards making that goal a reality? And if you are, the next question is, well, what's holding you back? What has stopped you from taking the very first steps? And here are a few that have probably affected me from time to time and also in the past that I want to share with you guys. And I don't care if your goal is to be fit, uh, to be financially independent, to start your own business, to you know, take the next step in your relationship. It really doesn't matter. These all overlap. The, the principles are the same. The, the goal can be different. Uh, the, the, the avenue can actually, or the arena, if you will, can actually be different, but the principles will be the same. And for a lot of people, it's just feeling overwhelmed. And there's a famous quote, you know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And it's true. No matter how large or small the endeavor, you still have to begin with a single action. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to do it all at once, but you simply have to take the first step. And when you look at, you know, things in a, in a giant macro, they do seem overwhelming. If you look at when you started college, I got to get a hundred, I don't even know what it is anymore, like 128 credits. I got to take all these classes, all these tests. I got to write all these papers. Holy shit. I'm never going to make it happen. But somehow... You took one class, you took another class, you got your 12 credits, you got your 16 credits, you got your 40 credits, and eventually you got enough to graduate. But you just took the first step. You had to fill out the application. You had to apply. You know, Once you applied, you showed up to school, you registered for your classes, you showed up to the first class. It's those little steps that got you there. You can all of you listening have done this in some other area of life. You just have to take it from area one and apply it to area two. No matter how big or small it is, but that feeling of being overwhelmed, you have to step back and not look at it in a macro, but look at it in a micro. What can I do today to take one step forward? And for a lot of people, it's, you know, there's a fear and you can fill in the blank. It could be a, a number of things. Fear of failure. Fear of humiliation, uh, fear of loss, fear of, you know, not being good enough. It, a lot of people do this. It's why a lot of people are not willing to there. I guess I'll put this. There's a lot of people who are willing to work a job that they fucking hate, um, just for some money because they fear of failing in some other arena. So they're, they're willing to accept this misery or people aren't willing to, you know, run a race or join a gym or do something because they fear the humiliation of, of losing or not being good enough or thinking people are judging and staring at them. And the reality is, first of all, nobody is doing that. None of us are that important. And the odds are the fear that you're experiencing is far worse than the actual reality would be. If whatever you're afraid of did happen, I don't think it'd be that bad anyway. But 99% of the time, the fear that's holding you back is really not that big of a deal. The potential discomfort you'd experience is nothing compared to the elation you'd experience from actually achieving the goal. And that's why I say you can't just sit there and be afraid to try. I have almost no respect for people who don't even try. Again, I'm not judging, but if you're not willing to try, how do you think anything's ever going to happen? If you're not willing to take the first step, like even the people, I've said this all the time, even the people who win the lottery, like went and bought a ticket, they got up off their ass and did something. Or maybe you can buy a ticket online now, I don't even know. But if nothing else, they opened up their phone, they clicked an app, they put in their credit card and they bought a ticket and they won the lottery. They took the first step. You have to be willing to do that. 
So number one, you got to stop feeling overwhelmed and looking at everything from a, a broad picture. Look at it from what you can do today, not what you can do, you know, a year from now. Because that again, I say this in fitness all the time. We we overestimate, you know, what we can do in three months, but we we drastically underestimate what we can do in a year. So we say, well, if I can't do this in, in 30 days or three months, it's not worth trying. I go, yeah, but if you stacked up enough of those 30 days, you're going to get there. So you can't feel overwhelmed. You can't be afraid to fail or be humiliated or whatever the bullshit excuse is. And what you have to do is if you can get past those two, you have to be willing to leave your comfort zone. And it's just a nicer way of saying, you know, you're being too lazy to reach your goals. That's really what the comfort zone is. Your comfort zone is you just being a lazy ass, not wanting to go reach your goals. You got to accept that achieving anything significant requires fucking work and dedication and certain level of discipline. It really does everything. And I don't know what people do with their time, but for a lot of us, it's, you're just, you're, you're being eaten up by screen time. So if that's you, you got to log out of Instagram. You got to log out of YouTube or Facebook or whatever you're doing. You got to quit texting all the time and bullshitting and hop off the couch and make things fucking happen. You just do. You have to accept that if you want to do something different, you actually have to do something different. And that is going to require work and leaving the comfort zone. And the comfort zone is usually your house on your couch or your warm bed or your, you know, certain friend circle you're just going to have to put yourself out there. And I'll share one thing here quick because I thought about this the other day um, as we're finally getting back into uh, corporate work and public speaking and all the things that we used to do before the pandemic bullshit. And this is about leaving your comfort zone. I remember one of the first uh, talks or speeches that I did was to a company my girl Bernie was at was it Fidelity? Was that where she was? Something similar to that. Where a bunch of people older than me, uh, at the time probably making way more money than me, much, uh, I don't want to say smarter, more educated than I was uh, at the time, brought me in to talk about uh, fitness and just healthy lifestyle living, kind of, you know, uh, a shitty version of what I do now. Because I think at the time I was probably 20, probably 28 or 29. Um, and I've been on live TV at this point you know, a bunch of times for like little, little clips and kind of things that were rehearsed. But this was my first, you know, live with a group of like 50 people uh, in a big ass conference room uh, delivering to them because she loved what I did so much for her and I helped her and she could hear how I would talk, but I'd never done it at scale to a big group of people. And I was excited about it. I know, okay, if, if I really want to, you know, be who I say I'm going to be and do the things I really want to do. I need to get over this, you know, fear of speaking to other people. I, I know what I'm going to say. I know I can help people. I do it one-on-one -on -one all the time. I do it with our groups, you know, here at Jeremy Scott Fitness, but I'd never done a, like a 30 minute talk before to a, an adult group. And I remember just sitting in our kitchen at our house where we live still to this day um, on our kitchen island, if I go way across from it, there is a, a mirror and I would sit there and I would have the phone film me and I would just practice um, into the mirror. I'd practice how, where I'm going to put my hands, what I was going to say, kind of looking at the script and looking off the script, pretending that the audience was there. And Heather would watch me do this over and over and over again. And I would do it almost every single night until I went so I could get the you know material down, so I could understand where I was going to pause, when I was going to stop, when I was going to give an example. Just, and again, when you get there, it's not going to be you know word for word the same. I go, but you're rehearsing in a way because in a sense, this is a performance and it's you trying to make this as easily digestible for the audience as possible to deliver to them because I cared about it. Uh, obviously, I, I care about helping them, but I care about, you know, myself and my reputation. So I don't want them to think I'm a complete dipshit when I leave. And I remember being at work and driving over there. I think the talk was like maybe like 1 p.m. right after their lunch, which is typically the worst time to talk because they're tired and they don't want to listen to some kid like me, you know, fill their head with whatever I'm going to say. And I remember pulling into the parking lot and this is the first time I've done this. My heart is just beating like through my chest. Like I am 
so fucking nervous, you know, to go in and do this. And I'm doing the, the Tony Robbins, like in the car, like kind of incantation, like hyping myself up. Or if you want to think about it, imagine if you ever watch the office before Dwight Schrute goes in the sales calls, he gets in the back seat of the car and basically puts on like ACDC and he's like fake karate punching the seat. I'm essentially doing that uh, before I go in to get this speech in the parking uh, structure. I'm like screaming uh, at myself to get myself kind of hyped up. And uh, needless to say, uh, I went in there. I wasn't terrible. If I had to look back at it now, I'd probably be super embarrassed. Uh, But everybody, you know, I got a couple laughs. Uh, I think everybody enjoyed it. They got the information. I was more than prepared. I'd practiced for probably 15 days in a row before I went there. The point of me sharing that is that was far outside my comfort zone at the time. But if I never did that first talk to that group, the couple hundred talks I've done since then never would have happened. I wouldn't have got referred the next job and the next job and the next job. I would have not accepted a deal with Livestrong to film 300 videos, which... I was not qualified to do at the time, but that prepared me, you know, for bodybuilding.com that prepared me to go uh, to men's health, to be on set, um, to work with the David Jacks and the BJ Gadours of the world. Like I had to leave my comfort zone. I'm very much an introverted person. I'm very much a quiet person. That's not my personality type, even though obviously we have a podcast and we make all these videos and we do all these programs. You probably wouldn't know it from just seeing that. But if you met me in person, you would see like what my deep down personality type was really like, but I had to just accept that if I wanted to achieve anything of significance, it's going to require me to do a bunch of work on camera and speak to live groups. And I was going to have to dedicate a bunch of time, effort, energy to make that happen. And I couldn't just sit behind a computer and, you know, pray I could do it. I had to actually go out there and it's not fun at times. And sometimes, you know, things don't go as smooth and and the audience isn't as receptive and it's, you're talking to people who don't give a shit about you. And so you have to acquire these skills. And that's what I had to do. And it's the same thing, you know, with any career or in fitness or in a relationship, or if you suck with money, it's going out there and actually making things happen. Which brings me to the next one, which we talked about earlier, just to comparing yourself to others. I understand this in the context I talk about it a lot of times in terms of just monetary things and how it makes people feel inferior and like they're not doing well enough. But when you're in the comparison world, your objectives should simply be tied to reaching your own potential and your own personal goals. You don't have to worry about other people and what they've done unless it fuels you to work harder and do more. I'm okay with that. If you're looking at somebody else and it fuels you in a positive way to work harder and do more, that's cool. If not, you got to focus on being the best version of you. That's it and nothing else. There is no comparison game that way. Um, I do like it in the, like, in like the sports kind of context and settings, like where we do here, like our Sunday events, Metcons. There's a comparison there for sure. We're comparing times. We're keeping stats. Um, and not to make people feel bad, but to push them. And here's the thing, even if you never, you know, beat Dave or you never beat Lindsay or whoever it is, if they made you work harder, if they pushed you out of your comfort zone, or we say like, if they made you visit your pain cave, um, or they were swimming out, we kind of look at it like an ocean, like they were swimming out into the ocean deeper and deeper and deeper, but they drug you out there with them. Even if you couldn't beat them, they made you better. I'm a fan of that. That is the comparison that actually fuels you to work harder and do more. And, and when anybody looks like guys who come work for me and, and kind of see how I operate and see what I do, I don't want them to compare to me if it makes them feel bad or inferior or why well, I can't do what Jeremy does. No, no, no. Let it push you a little bit. Let it make you be the best version of yourself. This can just be like a North Star. And there's a lot of people I look to. I'm like, man, that dude's working hard. That dude's doing something like, okay. If he's doing that, I can probably do something like that. I do like that aspect of it, but not to make you feel bad about what you're doing and holding you back. Because again, the comparison thing does hold a lot of people back from taking chances and taking risks. Uh, So don't let that be you. The next thing, thinking things have to be perfect. This is a huge one for a lot of people. Waiting until the situation is perfect is a direct route to inaction. 
because my friends, the situation will never be perfect. I don't even know what fucking perfect means. I hate when people say it. So stop waiting for it because that shit's never coming. No matter how well prepared you are, there's always going to be something unexpected that pops up. So don't let the need for perfection stand in your way. It's the truth. Uh, if I would have waited for the perfect time to start this business, the perfect time to, you know, really take my my eating serious, the perfect time to, uh, you know, drop the app, the perfect time to, you name it, it never would have happened. Sometimes you have to just jump in, you know, with both feet and, and hope for the best and sink or swim. And I think in those sink or swim moments, you really find out who you are. And sometimes you're going to sink. And sometimes you're going to make it and sometimes you won't, but that's okay. There's beauty in that process, but don't think there has to be a perfect time. Now, is there better times than others? For sure. Uh, if you're working a job right now and you got four kids and the economy is uh, eating shit and you say, Hey, I'm going to quit uh, my job right now and I'm going to start a, you know, a coffee shop and you don't know shit about coffee or running a business. That's probably not a good time. Now, is there going to be a perfect time? I don't think so. But there is times that are better than others. So you have to do it with a little bit of common sense and uh, be like a reluctant entrepreneur if we're talking about that route. But the same thing goes for fitness. I got a, a client in here and she's great and, and she wants to get her husband to come in. And he keeps saying, well, I, I'm going to, but I got to get uh, I got to get in shape before I come in. He's kind of thinking he has to have a perfect time to start here. Well, I don't know if he knows, but we do help people get in shape here. So you don't have to, you know, get in shape before you get in shape. It's like the people who, and my wife does this too. You clean your house before the cleaning lady comes to clean your house. Like, what are you doing? That is what they do. I'm not going to mow my lawn before the landscaper mows my lawn or change my oil in my truck before, you know, the auto shop changes the oil in my truck. That's what they do. So I do think that kind of ties into people waiting for things to be perfect or they have to do so much preparation because no matter how much you prepare, something's always going to pop up to make you kind of shift and move. So don't wait for things to be perfect for you guys to attack whatever goal it is. If it's, you know, getting a, a degree or if it is starting a business or if it is, you know, changing jobs, do it smartly. Be reluctant in your, you know, risk taking, but don't wait for it to be perfect. The next one, doing more research. This holds a lot of people back from a lot of things. And I'm not saying don't research things. I'm not saying don't be educated, but there comes a point where you have like paralysis by analysis. And I'm not going to drop any names, but there's a couple people who message me on Instagram routinely. And I try to get back to everybody. I really do. You guys, within a decent time frame, if I've missed something you sent me, feel free to resend it. I do my best, but between the app and Instagram, there is like thousands of messages and it is a lot to do. And we do our best to get back to all of you in a, a pretty quick fashion, I like to think. And I'm, you know, as accessible as anybody is uh, that has the amount of, of volume that we do. But there's people who get paralysis by analysis when it comes to fitness and nutrition specifically. I have people who will ask me about a program 15 times before they even start over the course of two weeks. And if you just would have started doing something in the two weeks, instead of asking like 15 questions, you'd be so much further along. It's the same thing with eating. Well, if I eat this way or this, I go, just start eating real food and we'll worry about the details. But you just have to start, just get the ball rolling. And that's the way I think about people who go so hard on the research, like do your research, be educated, and then make a decision and then update the decisions and update the research and update the education as you're going. But don't just sit there because when people say, well, I got to do more research before I begin, that's just another way of saying like you're too lazy to do any real work. And as I mentioned, things don't have to be perfect to get started. So you don't need endless research before taking action. That's completely unfounded. You have to just put rubber to the road, get to work and continue educating and researching as you go, but just pick a path at first. The that paralysis by analysis or that inactivity is something that just murders people when they're trying to reach their goals. Which brings me to the next one, the not feeling worthy enough. And I probably this is probably one that I struggle with early on. 
just not believing that I had enough education or knowledge or skill or experience. And if you keep those beliefs forever, it can stop you before you even get started. But the truth is, is that you can get experience without doing, and you can't develop your skill without practice. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, the truth is, you can get experience, you know, in a multitude of ways, but you can't really develop your skills without practicing. And most every expert in every field, like that I've ever met, um, felt this way at one point or another, and they still proceeded to take action. And so should you. And if you're like me, um, you just have to be a ready fire aim person where I'm willing to try things even if I suck at them and I'll figure it out along the way. And if I realize like this is not for me and it's not, you know, what I can do, then I'll go back and I'll retool and I'll revamp. But the best people, the ones that you look up to that you think are great, at some point they felt like they didn't have enough education or they didn't have enough knowledge or didn't have enough skill or experience, but that didn't stop them. They went out there and tried anyway. And that's, you know, kind of like the real bottom line is no matter what your goal is, you know, the best time to start is now. And if you accept that as the premise, like the best time to start is now, you're on the right track. And like you, like me, uh, I, I've learned as I went. Um, and the more I stumbled and, and, and failed and fumbled, fucked things around, the more that I learned. And when I started, you know, running a business with no education, um, when I started, you know, training myself personally with limited education from what I got from high school and, and college strength coaches, which is different than, you know, what I do now for a living and what I do for myself, and what I do for others, there's bits and pieces that match, but it is different. And when I started really coaching people, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like literally zero clue. I left a corporate job with no clients and no money and no formal business education whatsoever. And I had never met anybody who had ran a successful business in my life. Now, I'm not saying do what I did because that was really stupid. Um, but just by being a John Wick serial killer of hard work, I have gotten myself here. But what I also did was I accepted the challenge that, hey, this is a sink or swim moment. You got to start the job anyway. And the first few months, like anything, were really tough. The first year, I probably sucked something awful. The first couple years, I honestly probably sucked. But thankfully, the experience taught me a lot. And over time, I've sucked and sucked less and less. And the same thing goes with every with anything you guys that you look at, whether it's your physical fitness, whether it's, you know, if you have a podcast, if you have a business, I'm sure if you're a parent, like you're, you're not great. But over time, you learn these things and you beg, borrow and steal from awesome people around you. And that's what you have to do. You have to just literally just take the first step and keep inching forward day after day after day. And none of this stuff, like whether it's you know, if it's me, if I'm talking about myself, if it's my physical body, if it's my business, if it's my relationship, if it's my personal finances, none of these things would have happened unless I took the first step, despite my own insecurities. And I've talked about that on here before, and I'll mention it real quick. I would look at other people in the fitness space, and I'm watching, again, I'm, I'm doing the comparison stuff when I'm young. I'm watching, you know, BJ Gadur talk on camera, and I'm like, fuck, dude, he's really good. Then I'm watching David Jack on camera, and I'm like, God, man, he makes me look so stupid and so shitty. And so now I'm feeling like, I, well, I, maybe I shouldn't be on camera yet, or maybe I shouldn't write this yet because these guys are, they're so much better than I am, right? Like, those are insecurities. Or... I'll look around like, I don't know how to run a business. This guy's running, you know, multiple businesses. He's got, you know, 200 clients. I have like, I have no clients. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And if I would have lived in that, it would have crippled me. It's the same way my belief system was. And I, I told this story to somebody the other day, just how the world's changed so much and how my belief systems can change. My inner circle has changed. The people that I get to work with has, everything is, is different. It's a heightened level. And I feel very blessed and very fortunate that I can be, you know, in the circle of life that I'm in, but I had this insecurities. And I remember telling this, um, to my dude, Matt, the other day when we we're talking, and I said, there was a time when I never thought I would even be able to save like 
$40,000 at one time. Like to have a bank account that could have like $40,000 in it to put a down payment on a house that would cost $200,000. So I could have a mortgage that was like 160. I literally, those were the numbers I thought would be impossible. I thought, how could I ever work hard and work enough to save enough money to do that? Because I never thought I could make $100,000 in a year. Like I thought that was, first of all, I never thought I could make $50,000 in a year, let alone 100,000. Like I thought that was fucking insanity. And then 200 and 300 and so, and like that kept going. And I just, and over time, those insecurities started to go away because I just kept working and working and working and working. And what I learned through that experience and that process has benefited me time and time again. And what I really learned was no matter what the goal, success is a process and it requires overcoming limiting beliefs and taking fucking action. That's the one thing it does. Success is a process, you guys, and it requires you overcoming your limiting beliefs and taking action. A lot of the stuff we're doing now, I never set out to do. But what I did want to do was I kept saying to myself was I need to keep working hard because I want to be good. You know, I want to be great, honestly. I want to be the best that I can fucking be, whether that ceiling is great, phenomenal, whatever. And if I can continue to be good and eventually maybe be great at something, I can work with great people. I can be surrounded by the best people. And I know if I can be surrounded by the best people, it's going to elevate everything I'm going to do in my entire life in every area and every field. And then, then awesome people are going to want to be around me. And now it's not going to be me being in the circle of awesome people. It's just being one of those people. And you're, you're just in this different fucking atmosphere altogether. But that's what it is. Success is a process of you overcoming this belief that you can't do something and just taking fucking action. And maybe your goal is you're, you finally want to start a business or write a book or lose that unhealthy 50 pounds you've been carrying around like a fucking anchor. Or maybe it's make, you know, amends in a relationship or start a new one. Or perhaps it's starting a, a, a passion project or a new hobby. Or maybe you want to you know, get, get your business to make half a million bucks a year in, in business revenue. And you want to make your goal is to make $100,000 a year for yourself. Or you want to become a multi-millionaire and be financially independent. It really doesn't matter the goal. I would encourage you to just dream big and set some lofty ass goals for yourself right now. Not don't wait till January 1st, not this new year, you know, kind of new you bullshit. Like do it right now. Like that's the part that makes life worth living. And you got to understand the key isn't so much like what the goal is, but how you act on it. And once you set the goal big or small, you'll do much, much better if you spend more time thinking about your first steps than just the big picture dreams that you've laid out. It's the first steps. It's the little steps. It's the little goals. It's, it's a momentum thing. That's, that's how I describe it. It's these little goals. They might seem like small and insignificant at the time, but the momentum you need to be successful, that's everything, you guys. Like, think about that. It's these little daily disciplines that you can string together that create this giant snowball of momentum. That's how you get started, and that's what brings you forward each and every day. To get to your big dreams, there's got to be a lot of small steps in between. That's the big thing. To get where you want to go, there have to be these little tiny steps. And the one thing people don't want to hear is the daily grind and the daily steps, they're not that exciting. They're not that fun. They're not, you know, as electric to think about as the big endpoint that you've identified as your final destination and where you want to go. But often it's important to focus on the very next step that you need to take in order to move towards your goals. Because again, like I said, that's how you generate the momentum. And that's where most people get lost. I'm not saying don't set huge goals. In fact, I'm saying set huge fucking goals that scare the shit out of you. But don't just focus on the final score. You got to win the first quarter. And then you got to win the second quarter. And the third quarter and the fourth quarter, and eventually you're going to win the game. But it's not exciting to think about all the little shit I have to do every single day and every single week. 
But if I don't do those little boring things every day, the daily disciplines, programming, showing up here on time, understanding what's going on with all of our clients here, building the relationships in the app, creating the workouts for those guys, looking at our P&L sheets, you know, forecasting what we're going to do for 2023, you know, going over basic facility maintenance, getting with my financial advisor, talking with our CPA, having meetings with our team, getting, you know, Heather and everybody else on the same page here. That's what makes up most of my day. That's not coaching. That's not, you know, doing fun, you know, projects for these major corporations that pay us, you know, way too much money for what we do for them. Um, it's not, you know, getting to interview, you know, Dr. Jen Huberty and bullshit with her on the podcast and like talk to these scientists and people who are super smart. Like that stuff's all fun. And those are all big goals that I had and wanted to do. I go, but it's the little things that I focus on each day that aren't that exciting, that aren't that super inspiring, but that's what generates the momentum to get to those big things by putting one foot in front of the other, by getting one new client, by saving, you know, another thousand dollars, by investing another thousand dollars, by losing, you know, one more pound and losing 10 more pounds, by having one good conversation, by writing one good email, by recording one good podcast, by doing something today that your future self is going to thank you for. That's what you're doing. Success isn't one big monster leap. It's a combination of hundreds of even thousands of little steps in succession over and over and over again. It's not you going from split squatting no body weight to 100 pound dumbbells in each hand in a day. It's you doing a couple of split squats each and every day and building on that over and over and over. It's momentum. All these principles work the same for everything in your life if you really strip them down. But most people don't recognize that. So they look for the lottery ticket. They look for the home run. They look for the magic bullet or the magic pill, and they want the quick fucking fix. That's not real. And while that isn't good news for everybody who wants this immediate gratification, it is great news if you're willing to start taking steps today. If you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to be uncomfortable, if you're willing to leave your comfort zone, because you understand that the magic is in the process. And the process begins in that first step. The process begins in the suck. The process begins when you're willing to just commit to something and do it every fucking day with no guarantee that it's going to work out and no guarantee that all these amazing things are going to come your way. But I can promise you, if you don't do that, nothing's going to come your way. But I guarantee you guys, the only way you are going to lose is if you just quit or if you don't even try in the first place. But if you're willing to take a step every single day and you're willing to fucking try, you are going to win. I don't know what winning looks like exactly for you, but you are going to be successful. And don't you think that if you're stuck where you're at right now, taking a couple of baby steps would maybe change your situation? Think about it for a second. If you're stuck right now, but you haven't been even putting in a little bit of effort each day, just try taking a few small steps forward. Because once you've achieved like one small goal, you increase it to the next goal and the next goal. And before you know it, you have a series of goals and a series of steps strung together and you're well on your way to achieving that big ass goal you set out with in the first place. But like we all know, before you can run, you need to walk. So to quote Dennis Watley here, Dr. Dennis Watley, there never was a winner who was not first a beginner. There never was a winner who was not first a beginner. The most important thing you can do to make your goal a reality is just take the first step. That's it. So again, just a rant here, you guys, uh, post Thanksgiving, hopefully you got something out of that, but just know you have to generate momentum. You have to get started and you just can't quit. You can't do the, the yo-yo dieting, the start, stop fucking bullshit because it doesn't work. You generate momentum by putting one foot in front of the other. And no matter what you're looking to do, if it's, you know, make amends with somebody and having that first good conversation 
or you're on a fat loss journey and you're losing one legit pound or you're, you're trying to financially get out of debt and you're saving one dollar, you just have to do one little thing. And by doing something today, your future self is going to thank you for it. You're going to build this monumental momentum that, that can't be stopped. Because you guys know it's not a big leap. It's just the little hundreds of thousands of steps and successions, the daily disciplines that's going to get you to where you want to go. So take it from me. You guys can implement a lot of these things in your life. If it's your nutrition, if it's your health, your fitness, your sleep. But put these into play and I promise you guys you are going to get where you ultimately want to go. So take that for what it is. Um, I'll be back probably this weekend. If nothing else, we've got a ton of guests coming to you guys in December. But it's been a while since I did a, a solo one of these. And hopefully, you know, if you're the person who likes to get a fire lit up under your ass, hopefully this is it. And if you've been lagging on something and not putting in the work, just take the first step today, man. You really can't. Again, I wouldn't be here if, if I would have believed all my own bullshit over the years. And I think a lot of us are in that way. And for most of us, our own worst enemy sometimes can be that person living in between your ears. And so get right with that person and everything else will fall into place if you're willing to put in the work day after day after day after day. Again, you guys, reminder, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app is live full free seven days. If you want to check it out, jeremyscottfitness.app, links in the show notes. If you guys want a free sample of Athletic Greens, if you guys want a free sample of the BMCBD, hit me up. We have a huge discount on the JLab products. Our protein, turmeric, collagen, curl oils is coming out on Monday on our newsletter, November the 28th. If you guys want to be in the newsletter, hit me up. I'm happy to add you. And again, if you want the free samples, don't feel weird. Uh, and again, thank you guys for the support. Hope you have an awesome uh, holiday. And again, don't put off your goals until January. Get after that shit right now. Don't wait until Monday. Don't even wait until the 28th. If you're listening to this on the 25th or 26th or 27th, just get up off your ass and put pieces into play. That's how you're going to get where you want to go by taking action not just sitting on the sidelines. If you want to get in the game, put on your fucking shoes and get in the game. Let's do this together. If you guys happen to be on Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star, leave a comment. I would appreciate it. If you're on Spotify, drop us a five-star there as well. And again, if you like this and you know somebody who this would motivate, give this a share. I would appreciate it. So thank you guys as always. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.